0: What's up out there, revolutionaries? Welcome to this week's episode of The Vault, where we will be starting our Home Grow series. I'm your host, Justin Staples, and joined with me, as always, is our co-host, John Custer. How we doing, everyone? Joining us for the next three episodes, as well, is COO of Revolution Global, Dusty Schroyer, who will be taking us through all the steps to set up an efficient cannabis grow in the comfort of your own home. Dusty brings us a wealth of experience when it comes to creating uniquely designed cultivation environments, having consulted for some of the top cannabis brands in the U.S. after creating a successfully vertically integrated cultivation in Colorado prior to joining us here at Revolution. If you follow his page on Instagram, Rev underscore COO, you've likely noticed his adoration for big, beautiful, trichome-rich, healthy plants. And that's what we hope to lead you through throughout this series. Dusty, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Before we get into starting the grow operation, let's go over the rules on who and where you can grow.
1: So the Illinois Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act states that in order to grow cannabis in your home, you must meet the following requirements. Obviously, you must be an Illinois resident who's 21 years or age or older.
0: You must be a qualifying patient under the Medical Cannabis Act. Limit of five
1: plants more than five inches tall. Must have been a resident of at least 30 days in the state prior to cultivation. Your cannabis cultivation must take place in a closed, secure, locked space.
0: You may purchase seeds only from a dispensary, and you have no resale or transfer ability with those seeds.
1: Your grow must be restricted from public view and not easily accessible.
0: It must be secure from unauthorized access by a minor under the age of 21.
1: And it may only occur on residential property, lawfully in possession of the cultivator, or with the consent of the person in lawful possession of the property.
0: And finally, plants may only be tended by a registered qualifying patient or an authorized agent for a brief period of time while a registered qualifying patient is away, such as travel.
1: Now that we have the laws and regulations covered, we can focus on what you're here for, building and managing your grow and how to curate the world's highest quality flower. So let's get to it. Dusty, there's a lot to uncover here. When it comes to growing your own cannabis, there's really not a one-size-fits-all solution. Instead, there are countless self-starter kits, methods, and old tricks that all have their own unique advantages and disadvantages. In your opinion, what's the best way for someone to discover what type of solutions fit their needs? It, in, in my opinion,
2: I, you know it's really trial and error. It takes experience to find out what your
0: style is going to be when it comes to cultivating. Uh, what type of people do you think can benefit from growing at, at home? Do you think this is for like the recreational consumer or a, a more avid consumer, uh, somebody that has a daily need for cannabis?
2: I think that, you know, any medical patient that has a passion for cannabis is already – you probably know if you want to grow cannabis because you're probably already reading about it. And that's a pretty good sign that you're a good candidate to to actually grow. Um, you've got to be really curious and you've got to want a, a f- pretty much a full time hobby. So if you're looking for a hobby and you could benefit because um, you're going to get some, you know, a great outcome, some much needed medicine, then you're a good candidate to grow.
1: What do you think is one of the more common strategies that will be utilized here in the Midwest? Obviously, these won't be outdoor growth. So we're limited to an indoor space.
2: That's right. Unless you have some kind of, you know, very secured, hard roof greenhouse, your most which is going to come at an expense, but you may already have one in your backyard that you can repurpose for cannabis cultivation. I think most cannabis will need to be cultivated inside so it can be secured and locked and just, you know, stay compliant with the rules laid out for, for growing.
0: Right. We mentioned that you have a five plant limit here in the state. So uh, what type of investment should someone expect to make when setting up a grow for that size? you know it all
2: depends on what you want to yield each plant can you know you can yield as small as as little as a quarter ounce or as much as a pound and a half on an indoor plant um you could probably even take it further if you wanted to so what you know roughly i recommend something in the middle where you're going to have two lights dedicated to flowering and uh, a third light maybe a fourth light dedicated to veg and and so that way you can basically flower one plant at a time per light and that's going to give you the 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 greatest amount of results with a with a small amount of space
1: what should we you know expect in the type of quality of flower Um, per as Justin said like an investment you know if you're limited to a small confined space will the quality of flower in that or can you grow really high quality cannabis even if you are confined to maybe that closeted space the
2: best cannabis in the world comes out of the closet and there's no doubt about that you know there's so much uh, care and attention you can give to it Um, the main goal needs to be to keep the environment at the right level you know within the right parameters to cultivate really good cannabis. And you can do that in any space as long as you have access to the right amount of ventilation. You can get a, you know some level of cooling installed inside your grill and the right levels of humidity and CO2.
0: You're going to grow great cannabis. Can you expand on that a little bit? What type of, I guess, instruments are needed for that? You mentioned lights so far. You mentioned ventilation. What else you know to achieve this effect? We know that you can grow grow tents. You mentioned closets. How else can we? I mean, I guess, yeah. What what's needed to get this grow started?
2: Yeah, you need a you need lights, probably. You know, at one at the very least, but you're gonna you could have up to four or five lights total at different varying degrees of wattage. They're gonna produce different amounts of intensity for different parts of the growth cycle. You're going to need a dedicated space. You're going to need environmental controls, timers, um, hoses, re- nutrient reservoirs, at least one of those. Uh, you know, a way to deliver the water to your plants via a, a watering can, a watering wand, a pump that's attached to a reservoir or an automated drip system, uh, even an ebb and flood hydro system. So some way to deliver water to your plants. Um, it's Good to have a bench for the plants to sit on, and that's some type of, you know, usually an ebb and flood table in a small grow that allows for proper drainage from your plants. You're going to need substrate and um, locks for your doors. I think that's pretty important too. Pumps, exhaust fans, fans to move the air. Um, Sounds like a lot of stuff, but, you know, really there's probably only about 15 crucial items that you need. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Lots
0: of ways that you can. And about how big is this dedicated space we mentioned, but we haven't really given parameters, you know, closets kind of vary. So about how big is the space that you're mentioning that we can fit all of this in? You need around 15 to 20 square feet for each
2: flowering light. And then I recommend about 50 percent of that space that you have for flowering be dedicated to veg at a minimum. And if you're trying to maximize your yield, you're going to actually want around the same amount of space for vegetative that you have for flowering. This is going to allow you to grow bigger plants in veg uh, before you move them into flower, and that's going to result in more yield.
1: Is it possible to, you know, and create something that would help your odor control? because? Um, let's say you get approval from your landlord and you're growing in an apartment and you're worried about reeking up your floor or something. Are there any tools or things that you can actively do within your growing space to kind of take that down a little bit?
2: Yeah, and there's lots of reasons why. I mean, and the two two particularly that you're going to want to focus on and that's, you know, being a good neighbor. You don't want to offend the neighbors. Not everybody loves cannabis as much as you do, probably. And uh, the second reason is security. Some people do love cannabis as much as you do. And <laughs> If they smell it, then they know where it's coming from. So you want to probably reduce that risk as well. And there's a lot of different methods to use. The tried and true is a can fan that's a, basically a carbon filter that filters all the air, turns the air over and reduces the smell. And there, you may want an additional can fan for the stinkier parts in the cycle. And since you're – if you're thinking like I am, you you want to grow a perpetual grow so you're all, always harvesting more cannabis. And um, that means that you're always running a couple can fans to reduce that odor.
1: Is that something that you can buy online or is it something you create? You can buy it
2: at any grow shop. You can buy it online. There's so many resources for people to get the supplies they need right
0: now. Uh, what about some of the other technology? You mentioned that this is going to have to be a dedicated hobby, but is there any, like, automatic timing systems that, you know, kind of automate the process a little bit that will allow you to be away and kind of take care of some of the lighting issues and change, you know, and make sure man- humidity is maintained and some of those things like that?
2: There are. You know, timers are about 20 bucks, anywhere from 5 to 20 bucks a piece for a heavy-duty timer. You can get them in any hardware store, and you can automate your full grow as long as you um, – understand the timing of the cycle they need to be on. So you're going to have to have a timer for sure for your lights for flowering. You probably want timers for each light for veg as well. And then you can have timers that actually deliver and water your plants if you hook up a drip system or even flood system. Is all this going to increase our electricity bill? It sounds like you're adding a
0: lot if we're the, going to need that. Is it necessary even? The, or? the
2: timers won't increase your electric bill at all. Okay. So that's just, you know, they're just flipping a switch for you. Uh-huh. Um, your lights are, you know, I, I think you're looking at around 100 bucks on average per 1,000 watts that you hook up If when you also include the cooling cost to cool down that area. Um, so if you're looking at, a you know, a 3,000-watt grow, that's probably about as big as you can get it under this five-plant limit now. Um, you're probably looking at an increase of 250 to $300 a month in your electric bill.
1: You know, you've been doing this now for a handful of decades. What have been kind of some of the new advancements that you've seen for home growers or some of kind of the cool new tricks or practices that you've kind of seen developed here over the years?
2: You know, the the really the biggest development that— that I've seen is just in lighting and the ability, you know, I think led lights are really nice for a home grower because it puts less, um, environmental stress. There's less heat to deal with. So you don't have to worry about installing as much cooling or as much ventilation, you know, the HID lighting technology, which is still very relevant in the space, um, also comes with a lot of heat. So it can be very useful if you've got a, a whole room to dedicate to flowering, um, like a whole bedroom and, um, and you can ventilate it correctly. You know, maybe you're you're living in a, in a house in the country where you don't have neighbors as close versus an apartment in the city. So,
0: All right. So we've pretty much covered the main components of getting the growth set up. So now I guess we wanted to focus on the actual growth process, about how long should this process take, for, you know, from start to finish, from seed to flowering to, you know, we're able to get that product that we're looking for. So there's definitely variables here, but on average, I think you're looking
2: at around a half a year to go from seed to finished product, and that's including your dry and your cure if you're going to cure your plants correctly. Now, it's going to be hard to do that your first grow. You're probably going to smoke everything almost right away, so, but I recommend taking some time to slow dry and adding some time to cure it. Uh, You know, you're looking at around 10 to 20 days for cuttings and germination, so starting from seed or clone, then you're looking at 45 to 60 days for vegetative growth, depending on how large you want to get your veg plants, and then 60 to 70 days for flowering, another 10 days to dry, 30 days to cure, and that's just for a basic cure. You can take it way longer than that if you want to smooth out your smoke, maybe allow some of that THC to convert to CBN, so you get a more mellow uh, effect from the product Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's around 180 if you're going for really high quality.
1: What type of, you know, daily or weekly maintenance can we really expect to dedicate to this grow? And is there ever like a time where you would say you really have to be invested and, you know, you can't just do the automation route or can you?
2: Well, whenever you're relying on automation, you're taking some risk because timers can fail. You know, your electricity can go up and throw your timers off. Um, you've got to, you, you want to be hands-on. It's not just a set it and forget it type process. Um, it depends on, you know, if you're in a perpetual cycle, that means you have a 365 day your hobby. You should check your grow every day. It doesn't take a lot of time though. For five plants, you may spend anywhere from five minutes to an hour, uh, you know, periodically throughout the week in your garden. You may just need to take a peek, make sure all your lights are on when they're supposed to be, take another peek, make sure your lights are off when they're supposed to be. All of this can obviously be monitored by camera too if you install cameras in your grow. Um, Then typically, depending on where you're at in the grow cycle, plants need to be watered and pruned throughout their cycle. So it's just on, you'll have certain busy days where you're doing a lot of work and a little grow like this, it's not a ton, but it does take um, being around to make sure that you can deal with any problems when they arise.
0: With the law being new here in Illinois, there's going to be a lot of first-time growers getting into this. So uh, what type of soil or composition would you recommend for a first-time grower? You know, could that affect the variable of the grow process and, you know, speed up for those who are looking for a more rapid product, in product in their first grow? Or, you know, are the soils in different compositions kind of all going to yield at around the same time?
2: You can definitely speed up the grow cycle with your grow medium. So if you grow hydroponically, you tend to see plants growing a little bit faster because they require more nutrient feedings, which are getting them uh, bigger, faster, stronger. But, um, you know, typically I would recommend a semi-soil mix, not going straight hydro right from the beginning. That tends to be a little bit more of of an advanced way to grow. If you go with a semi-soil mix, it tends to be really forgiving. Um, I think the biggest problem that most growers will face early on is either underwatering or overwatering their crops and it's certainly something you really have to be dialed into a plant's moisture needs within the substrate prior to going to a substrate that is that has higher risk involved you know hydroponic substrates dry out really really fast so if you miss a watering cycle you kill your roots you're going to really lose yield and quality in in your finished plant so I recommend going with a semi-soil mix which is a really light substrate or a light cocoa blend or maybe it's cocoa uh, with a little perlite amendment to it to allow for a little bit more aeration and porosity within the substrate. Um, that's going to, you know, roots thrive in moist, humid air pockets. So keep that in mind. Um, you really want to put your, your roots want to be in a steam room. They don't want to be in a shower and they don't want to be um, somewhere that's too dry. They want to be somewhere that's the, and so a, lo- a semi-soil, really keeps the moisture content at a the right level for the roots where they thrive the most.
1: It sounds like there's so much information that you could honestly use and benefit if you're growing at home. Dusty, I'm curious, how did you first learn about all of this, and how would you really recommend to someone listening that is curious about all this information? Where should they go? What outlets should they use to expand their knowledge?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So, you know, people have a lot of resources today, a lot more resources than I had when I first started cultivating. So, you know, you had to know a friend of a friend or, you know, get into a network of people that kind of knew what they were doing and you'd share information that way. When I was first learning, um, I read every grow book I could get my hands on both about cultivating cannabis and just cultivating any plant. And I think it's really important to learn a little bit about plant science from some great books that are out there. Two of my favorites are Teeming with Nutrients and Teeming with Microbes. Um, And then other books on biodynamic gardening I think can be really beneficial. Um, It's important to learn about the way roots thrive and the way nutrients can help feed a plant through their cycle. But then reading books specifically on cultivating cannabis, pick two or three. They're all, they all say very similar information. So just pick the two or three that speak to you. Um, publications, like, you know, I mean, High Times was around back in my day. I always loved reading Ask Ed, a column in the back where people just write in with their problems and you'd read about them. But today you've got forums all over the place that you can join to really speak to other people like you. There's no risk involved. You're growing, you know. Um, and uh, what I would just encourage people to do is, take the facts out of the books that speak to them and then take
0: everything they see on the internet with a grain of salt. Sounds good. So now we have our lights covered, we have soil, we have ventilation, we're ready to go. Uh, How should we approach uh, planting our first seed to get things started? Are there different methods or should you have one specific one in mind that you wanted to recommend?
2: Sure. Well, the first is to find a a quality source of genetics so you know your, your seeds are... High, you know, they're going to produce a plant or a varietal that you're interested in. Um, the second step is germinating your seed. And you can, you can skin that cat many different ways. There's a lot of ways to, to, uh, to create, to germinate a seed. But two of my favorite methods are using, you know, moist paper towels or just a uh, glass full of water. So you get to take a glass full of room temperature water, put your seeds in it, put it in a, um, a cabinet overnight somewhere that's dark and not too cold. And uh, and then the seeds that have sunk the next day are actually – are have already started the germination process. They can be planted in your substrate at that point. I like to plant them about three-quarters of an inch away from the top with just a little bit of cover, uh, pointy side up, blunt side down. This is going to allow uh, the plant the, to sprout up easily without the casing actually infringing its first leaf petals. And um, – you know, a, another foolproof way or a more foolproof way to do it is to give them a few more days in a moist paper towel between two plates. So you'd put, you take a paper towel, get it moist with water. I prefer distilled water, something that's already had the chlorine removed. You'll get it wet and then wring it out. So you're left with a wrung out paper towel. It should not be dripping water. You don't want to drown your your early sprouts. Then you'll put the seeds between two paper towels and put those paper towels between two plates and put that back in the cabinet few days later, you're going to have this kind of white fuzzy thing sticking out of your seed casing and that's your your sprout starting to come out. And I, I like to put that in the ground the same way, about a half inch to three quarters of an inch underneath the
1: top of the soil. Before we end this episode, I kind of wanted to ask, what about love and nurture? You know, you're a pretty unconventional executive. I've personally heard you express these themes many times when we're discussing work-related topics or projects how important is love and the understanding of this plant when trying to grow at home?
2: Absolutely. You know, your passion for the plant is going to be is gonna be directly reflected in your outcome. So, um, you know, really, I, I think that plants thrive off of good energy. You know, I think that's what it's all about. So if you, you love what you're doing, you're passionate about it, and you really love the plant. Now, you don't want to overlove it. You don't, you know, you want to respect it, admire it. Um, it's not there to be touched or prodded or poked, right? You only need to, to prune it when it needs to be pruned, water it when it needs to be watered. So don't give it too much, but you can give it that, uh, you know, that attention just by spending some, some extra time with it, I think. So, and you're going to want to in your first grow, I can guarantee
0: it. And since we have you for a couple more episodes, I think that's a good place to stop. We wanna say thank you for joining us for this first episode of Revolutionaries and be sure to continue to tune in to this series of our home growth. Join the revolution.